0: Medical prepping, what you need when the doctor is not an option. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm
1: Dr. Brian Forrest. And this week, we're going to talk about medical preparations that you
0: can make that will help you out during an emergency or disaster situation. I'm Mike Davis. We come to you on WPTF each week at this same time. Dr. Forrest, I don't think any of us are anticipating the end of the world tomorrow, but... Uh, You're going to be telling us about medical preparations that we should have in a situation like, say, a Hurricane Katrina-like catastrophe, where doctor's offices and pharmacies, even hospitals might be closed, or where there's a pandemic situation.
1: That's right. Uh, You know, we all sort of take for granted that we can go to the doctor or emergency room anytime we need to. Uh, But in some situations, we may not have easy access to any medical help other than ourselves. And what I'd like to do today is kind of go over some of the equipment, uh, tools, and supplies that I really think all families should have available to them in an emergency, as well as some basic training they ought to get. And, you know, first and foremost, anyone can provide some basic first aid with some minimal supplies. However, I encourage anyone to attend a first aid class and also to get CPR training. Uh, I have actually had to use uh, the Heimlich Maneuver on a family member Mm. uh, that would not have likely made it without that. And so those are things you can learn, training that's very simple to learn, uh, that you can potentially save a life when there's not medical professionals around. Um typically uh you know half or a whole day class is all that's needed to really get some valuable skills uh that could save a life or a limb and the American Heart Association or the Red Cross offer these classes uh and we we will put some links to that on, on our website at accesshealthradio.com uh you know without proper training i would caution people against offering treatment unless no other option is available Um, I would always recommend professional help if it's available, but sometimes it's just not.
0: So, Dr. Forrest, what types of situations are we talking about today? What are some of the scenarios?
1: Well, there's a couple of different scenarios you could find yourself in where medical prepping would be fairly important. Uh, The first would be a situation where you've sort of isolated yourself from medical facilities. That might happen if you went camping, if you were hunting, uh, if you traveled somewhere that medical assistance was fairly remote or not available – or it could also happen you know, during a pandemic where either the clinics are overwhelmed or where you just can't get to uh, medical care. And, you know, examples uh, might include A remote wilderness hike uh, A boat trip out on the ocean There's not much medical care, you know, out in the ocean Um, Even a large lake You might be fairly far away from medical care Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you go to a third world country Very often, you know, there's lots of people around But having access to medical care can be very limited Uh, The second situation is brought about by disasters Either natural disasters or man-made disasters For, For example For example, Hurricane Katrina, uh, you know, it left thousands of people without access to medical care for days to weeks. Uh, the lava flow that uh, was in Hawaii a little while back, about two years ago, uh, it cut off some roads, uh, so the ambulances couldn't access people. Um, you know, after 9-11, uh, a lot of hospitals were overwhelmed, even though there were many hospitals in the area and they were very high-quality institutions. You know, whatever the cause, disasters can happen that really can shut down uh, access to timely medical care or make them unreachable altogether.
0: Okay, Dr. Forrest, time now for the Access Health Tip of the
1: Week. Thanks to We Care Pharmacy and Apex for sponsoring our tip of the week. They provide great service, low prices, and even local free delivery. They are located in Apex, and their number is 919-629-6010. And you can look them up online at wecareofapex.com. Uh And the tip of the week this week is that everybody listening to this program today needs to have a basic kit of medical supplies that they keep up-to-date And also whole, meaning they keep everything together at all times so that they can provide basic medical care when nobody else can. Uh, I will have some links on the website to a list um, of what type things I recommend having in such a kit. But, you know, even if you can't get everything immediately, you want to cover as many of the basics as you can. Uh, Even just local department stores are going to have decent first aid kits for under $40. Uh, I suggest you start with that and then you add more tools and treatment options on top of that As your time and budget allows Uh, But the most important thing about your kit Is to keep it up to date You know a lot of medical type supplies will expire So make sure you rotate those out And also keep it full A lot of times people get a first aid kit And the first time they have a headache They run to the first aid kit And get something out of there Rather than going to their their medicine cabinet Uh, And then when they go to their first aid kit There's none in there So resist the temptation To get something out of that kit And keep it whole Unless you actually have an emergency
0: Thanks, Dr. Forrest. More about medical preparedness coming up. Welcome into Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis, along with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We're talking about medical preparedness today. Dr. Forrest, if people want more information after the show, or they'd like to find out information about your practice in Apex, uh, how can they get that?
1: After the show, uh, they can listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com. And we also will have links to that on our landing page at AccessHealthRadio.com. You know, so whether you missed part of the show and you want to catch up on it or you heard something and and you want to go back and hear that part so you can write it down or whatever, or if you have a family member uh, or friend that you think would uh, enjoy the show or want to take a listen, they can always do that after the fact with the podcast. Um, And, you know, occasionally we will have mailbag shows where we answer questions that we get. Um, so if you have a general non-emergent question and want to have that answered on the show, uh, you can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. You could also send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com, and we will try to get to that uh, on the show. I know uh, one time I looked at the the mailbag email uh, account, and there were 700 emails. Uh, uh, messages in there. So wow. so it, we will eventually try to get to uh, everybody's questions, uh, but we do try to answer all those that we can. And if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, uh, you can find that at acchealth.com or you can call 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190.
0: All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. We are talking about medical preparedness today. What are some of the basic categories that people need to be aware of as we think about this, Dr. Forrest?
1: Well, I think some of these will be self-explanatory, but I think some of the supply categories and stuff that we're going to talk about right now, uh, sometimes people haven't thought about. So we'll start with trauma and wound care. So, you know, you always have to have things like uh, sterile gauze, uh, bandages, Uh, butterfly closures are great. If you don't know what those are, they look like a little small piece of, uh, you know, opaque tape that's a little bit skinnier in the middle. And if you have a cut, uh, a deep cut, something that that might need stitches, a lot of times those butterfly closures uh, can get you through uh, either altogether or sometimes they can at least uh, close up a wound long enough that you can actually get proper stitches for it. Um, I think it's a good idea for people to have their own sutures Uh, And to have staples uh, on them, Uh, there are places where you can get access to those in case you're in a situation where you really need to close a wound and uh, medical care is not available. Um, So that's the first category. And, uh, you know, along with that um, are things that stop severe bleeding. Uh, So I think you have to keep in mind things like uh, tourniquets. Uh, there are a bunch of clotting agents that are especially good for people that are going to be out in the woods or hunting, uh, things like Quick Clot and Sea Locks or some other brands. Uh, but these are things that if you have a major bleeding situation, um, you can at least get a handle on that and try to get it slowed down because, you know, people can bleed a lot fast. And sometimes, uh, you know, if you've got some basic supplies with you, you may be able to uh, cut off a lot of that blood loss uh, before. EMS gets there. And that should make it so it buys you some time. Uh, The next category is musculoskeletal care. So uh, I think it's a great idea to either have some ACE bandages, some elastic type wraps, Uh, And also there's a bunch of splints that are available. Uh, You can get these at uh, stores that carry like camping gear. Uh, One of my favorites just for people to use uh, is called a Sam splint. And it's essentially like a piece of solid aluminum molded to some soft foam. And what it allows you to do is you can actually take that and wrap it, sort of mold it around an arm or an ankle uh, and make a splint out of it very, very quickly, and it's it's effective. Uh, so having a SAM splint, having some ACE bandages, some elastic wraps is great. Uh, I would encourage you to try to find the ACE bandages that don't require those metal clips. Uh, number one, because uh, you lose those metal clips. Uh, number two, they don't work very well. And a lot of people actually cut themselves or injure themselves on the little points on those. And in an emergency situation, the worst thing you want to do is have a scratch or a cut that gets infected. So uh, they do make ACE wraps that basically work via Velcro. Uh, or sort of hook-and-loop type type solutions, and those are great. Um, And then you also need a basic over-the-counter medicine uh, list. Uh, Everybody should have some generic Tylenol or acetaminophen and ibuprofen uh, or uh, Aleve, which is uh, naproxen, uh, available. You can use that for headaches, pain relief. If you get an injury like an ankle sprain, the anti-inflammatories like the uh, naproxen and the ibuprofen work great to help both pain and potentially the inflammation of those injuries. Uh, So having some basic stuff like that for pain and fever uh, is very, very important. It is important if you're going to have a kit and you're going to have medications like this in it, you're going to need to rotate those. So, you know, set a time where you're going to check your kit, look at expiration dates and that kind of thing on a regular basis. Uh, I've had kits before that I've gone in looking for something and, you know, it was five years old. And so it's important that you, uh, you keep the, the medications at least up to date. Um, another thing I would have would be some anti-infectives. Um, Now, this could be things you put on the outside like polysporin. Uh, I actually uh, prefer polysporin over the triple antibiotic ointment. Uh, The third antibiotic that's in triple antibiotic ointment, a lot of people have a reaction to it that's much like poison ivy. And it can be very confusing because sometimes people start using uh, the triple antibiotic on a cut and it actually gets more redness. And they think it's getting infected when actually it's a reaction to that third antibiotic. So the polysporin is a double antibiotic, and that's what most physicians recommend. Um, So I would have some of that. Um, Also, if you can get some prescription anti-infectives or some prescription antibiotics uh, that you can have on hand, that's that's a good thing to have in your kit too. Um, The next category is for bites and stings. Uh, You know, some topical anesthetics. Uh, There's a lot of sprays now that have some anesthesia agents in them. Uh, You can also – there's sting kits. Uh, There's even a little device that you can remove a tick really easy with. Uh, Those type things that are meant for insect problems and bites and stings is great. Um, Now, this one's a little bit controversial, but uh, something called a Sawyer kit – Um, You know, used to be when people got bit by snakes, people would do things like, you know, try to suck the venom out or they would cut the wound and try to suck the venom out. And we found out that was very ineffective and actually dangerous. So we didn't recommend that. Um, And then there were some devices that came out on the market that were basically like little suction cups. And we found they were very ineffective. So none of these are great. The truth is, you know, if you get bit by a venomous snake, you need to get help as soon as possible uh, and get to 911. That's your priority. But the Sawyer extractor uh, has been used in some cases successfully to reduce the amount of venom in a bite Uh, and not necessarily just from, uh, you know, snakes. Uh, It also can be used for venom from from insects as well. Uh, And it's essentially a little device that has a plunger that automatically creates suction. And that way you don't have to have your mouth on anything uh, or anything like that. And it does uh, help remove some. There's uh, some questions about how beneficial it is. Does it actually work? Um, and so, you know, I'll leave that to the, to the listener to decide. But I will say if it was my leg and I'd been bitten by a poisonous snake and I was out in the woods, I would use my sawyer. I would, I would use it. Uh, I would also be getting 911 there as fast as possible. Right. But, I, but I would probably use it. Um, another th- category you need to have something for are allergic reactions. Um, you know, some people are allergic to peanuts, to bee stings. Um, lots of things, but those allergic reactions can be life-threatening very quickly. And so I encourage people to actually have um, several different things in a little kit that they can use for that. Uh, you know, the over-the-counter uh, loratadine, which is sort of the generic for Claritin, and also another, uh, the one that I like the best is called alivert. And the reason I like it is that it dissolves in your mouth uh, pretty instantly. So if you're in a situation where you don't have water, you can use that. Interestingly, one of the medicines that people have used in the past for acid indigestion called Tagamet is really good at helping allergic reactions. In fact, in the ICU, uh, when I've worked in the ICU at hospitals and we've had people come in with anaphylactic reactions uh, that were really life-threatening, giving them Tagamet, uh, which again is available over the counter, is a really good treatment for severe allergic reactions. Uh, Benadryl comes in liquid and solid tablets. It's always good to have that on hand, the Claritin or Leratidine or Alibert, uh, preferably. All those are really good, but you need to have something like that in your kit. Um, also, you need something for shock support. Uh, you know, if people are exposed or if they've had blood loss, uh, you know, having some type of blanket, uh, you can get these real inexpensive reflective blankets. Uh, now they're probably only good for one, one use or so the real cheap ones. Uh, but they do help, you know, they reflect body heat and can help somebody and having some electrolyte fluids or they, there's lots of, uh, tablets that are made that you basically can mix with water that put the electrolytes in the water to help support somebody who's dehydrated. Very important to have something like that in your kit. And then, uh, the next category is personal protection. Uh, now personal protection is very broad. So that could be anything from a CPR barrier for doing mouth to mouth. It could be a mask. It could be gloves. Um, there's airways that we use for people that are trained to know how to use those. Uh, people know about the N95 or higher rated sort of dust mask. Um, and also, you know, we've, we've been talking a lot lately on the show about pandemics and infectious, uh, emergencies, you know, if that was to get really bad, it would be a situation where you might want to have goggles to prevent eye spread. Uh, you might want to have one of these fabric uh, non-porous, or, or it is a porous, but it's a water-resistant suit, like a Tyvek suit that painters use. Um, those actually can be very protective as long as you don't cross-contaminate uh, and you use them you know, the way they're intended. Um plastic sheeting. Uh, you can use plastic sheeting uh, basically to isolate uh, people that may have a, a severe infectious disease. Uh, use a little duct tape with that. Uh, you need some bleach or a way to make bleach. There's actually some products on the market. Um, there's one made by a company called MSR where you can basically make your own chlorine bleach just with some salt water. Um, that's a very effective disinfecting solution. Uh, 70% or higher rubbing alcohol or Lysol-type products, Uh, and then, of course, hand sanitizer. You just can't have enough hand sanitizer, so make sure you've got that uh, available. All those things really can help you with personal protection, potentially in the uh, setting of being exposed to infectious disease, you know, like flu or coronavirus or whatever. And then last but not least... Make sure your kit includes your own prescription meds or prescription medications for your family uh, because you may not be able to get a refill for a week or more, you know, depending on the situation. Uh, And some medications, you know, if you run out of them for a day or two, it's not a big deal. But there's some prescription medications, particularly heart medications, that, uh, you know, being off them a day can be fatal. Um, Insulin is another example of something you've got to make sure you have access to if you're insulin dependent. Um, So blood pressure medicine, heart medicine, and uh, insulin, make sure you've got that on hand. But try to keep uh, a supply of all of your prescription medications uh, where you could use them and be okay if you couldn't
0: get access to medical care or a pharmacy for at least a week or two. Thanks, Doc. More about prescriptions and antibiotics when we come back. This is Access Health Radio. Dr. Forrest, you mentioned prescriptions and antibiotics for our medical prep kit. Uh, How do patients go about getting some of those? Well,
1: your personal physician may be willing to provide one dose of basic antibiotics for you to use in certain situations. And although I'm not advocating this, many people get antibiotics without a prescription that are meant to be used for fish online. Some, one example is called fish mox. So even though it's not meant for humans, occasionally they can take that.
0: We're going to have to talk more about that at some point, Doc, but that's all the time we have for this week.
1: Okay, our scripture this week is from Luke four twenty three, and he said unto them, Yea, we will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show. Until next week, God bless your health.